Welcome to the First Player Token Podcast, a short podcast for folks who enjoy playing board games with family and friends. I'm your host, Derek Bruff. In this episode, we take a look at a game that you'll want to know about if you are tired of playing tic-tac-toe, a game called Goblet Gobblers. It's just me this episode. I am flying solo with a couple of game recommendations for you. I want to start with a very important question. Have you played Tic-Tac-Toe lately? It is a classic game, but I wouldn't say it's a great game. I mean, it gives you something to do when you're waiting for your food at a restaurant, but if you're older than like six, it's not very interesting. If you put any effort into it, you'll almost always get a draw. Sure, it adds a little strategy to the game show Hollywood Squares, but the fun part of that show is the comedians answering questions, not the tic-tac-toe. If you are terribly bored of playing tic-tac-toe with your kids, then it's maybe time to introduce them to the next step in tic-tac-toe evolution, a game called Goblet Gobblers. This is a 2003 game published by Blue Orange Games, and it turns tic-tac-toe into a genuinely fun game. In the box, you'll find four long wood pieces that fit together like a tic-tac-toe board, along with 12 player pieces, each of which has a goofy smile and a little feather on top of its head. I think they're meant to be turkeys, right? The game is called Goblet Gobblers. The player pieces come in small, medium, and large sizes, and they can stack on top of each other, a bit like Russian nesting dolls, with the large pieces covering up the medium pieces and the medium pieces covering up the smaller pieces. Each player takes six player pieces, two small, two medium, and two large. It's a blue-orange game, so... It is literally a blue and orange game. One player gets all the blue pieces, and one player gets all the orange pieces. Then you take turns placing those pieces on the tic-tac-toe board, trying to get three in a row for the win, just like tic-tac-toe. Here's a twist. Instead of placing your piece in an empty square, you may, if you wish, stack your piece on top of a smaller piece that's already on the board. So you can put a medium piece on top of your opponent's small piece, gobbling it up, hence the name, Goblet Gobblers. Or maybe you're going to take your large piece and gobble up a small or medium piece on the board. Not only this, but on your turn, you can either play a piece to the board, or you can move one of your pieces that's already on the board, which is not something you can do in traditional tic-tac-toe. All this adds a ton of strategy to tic-tac-toe and makes it a much more interesting, yet still totally accessible game. Maybe your kid is about to get three in a row. Do you fill in that empty third space with one of your pieces? Or do you gobble up one of his smaller pieces with one of your larger pieces? And if you do take that third space, make sure your kid doesn't have a larger piece that he can play or move to gobble up the piece that you just put there, or then he'll get his three in a row after all. Or maybe you need to move one of your large pieces to gobble up your kid's medium piece, but you can't remember what's sitting under your large piece. Was that square empty when you played there, or did you gobble up one of his pieces? Because if you move that large piece now, you might reveal one of his pieces, giving him a three in a row. Unlike traditional tic-tac-toe, Goblet Gobblers requires a little memory work, since you'll need to remember which pieces you've covered up with your own. But the game only takes about five minutes, so you won't be taxing your memory for too long. And since it's a short game, we usually play a few in a row. And if there are three or four of us, we'll take turns challenging the winner of the previous game. If your kids know tic-tac-toe, they'll pick Goblet Gobblers up pretty quickly, and they will delight in gobbling up your pieces with theirs. The game is best for ages kids 5 and up, but I've played it with my 3-year-old nephew. 
I can't say he was super competitive, but he did have fun playing. The pieces themselves are really charming, with very goofy smiles and those silly feather things on top of their head. The version I have has all wood components, but a newer copy I got for my nephew had hard plastic components. Not as charming, maybe, but certainly more resistant to toddlers and puppies. While researching this episode, I learned that Goblet Gobblers is actually based on a slightly older game called Goblet, which uses the same rules, but operates on a 4x4 grid instead of a 3x3 grid, and you need to get four in a row to win at Goblet. I haven't tried that more advanced game, but it sounds like a pretty thinky abstract game for adults. I can, however, attest to Goblet Gobblers being a really fun alternative to Tic-Tac-Toe to play with your kids. What is the next step in Tic-Tac-Toe evolution after Goblet Gobblers? Well, I might say that's a game called Ultimate Tic-Tac-Toe. Here's your bonus recommendation for this episode. Like the original Tic-Tac-Toe, Ultimate Tic-Tac-Toe is a game that you can play with pencil and paper, although you'll need a little more paper than the original game. In Ultimate Tic-Tac-Toe, you draw a big tic-tac-toe grid, and then within each of those squares, you draw a smaller tic-tac-toe grid. So you'll have kind of this big 3x3 grid, and within each of those squares, you'll have another 3x3 grid, so nine of them total. One player is X's and one player is O's, and you take turns playing in the smaller tic-tac-toe grids, putting your X's and O's. If you get three in a row in one of those, then you claim that square on the big grid. And your goal is to get three in a row on the big grid, which means, for instance, you'll have to win at least three of the little games of tic-tac-toe that are on the board. Now, that would just be a longer version of tic-tac-toe without what is the game's big twist. Uh, The thing about ultimate tic-tac-toe is you can't just put your X, if you're the X's, anywhere you want. You have to play on the smaller tic-tac-toe board in the big square that matches the little square where your opponent just played. Okay, hang in here with me. This is a little hard to describe in audio only. But let's say your kid just put a O in the middle square of one of those smaller tic-tac-toe boards. That means you'll have to play in the middle square of the big 3x3 grid, putting your X somewhere in the smaller tic-tac-toe board in that middle square of the big board. And then maybe you put your X in the left spot of the top row of that little tic-tac-toe board, then your kid on their turn will have to play into the tic-tac-toe board that's in the left spot of the top row of the big 3x3 grid. So you're constantly kind of playing a small game of tic-tac-toe, but also thinking about where are you going to send your opponent next where they will have to play on a smaller tic-tac-toe board. I hope that made a little sense because this twist makes the game so much fun. When you go to add your X to a smaller tic-tac-toe board. Not only do you want to win that one, but you want to play your X so that it forces your kid to play somewhere on the big grid that maybe he doesn't want to have to play. Of course, he'll be in the same tension-filled position on his turn. Sometimes you'll be really close to winning one of the smaller tic-tac-toe games, but your kid won't let you play on that game because he keeps sending you to other big squares to play. It is so painful and so good. As I said, Ultimate Tic-Tac-Toe does take a little more paper than the original game, since you're basically playing nine small games of tic-tac-toe, all in tandem. One time, we went really big, playing on a large sheet of butcher paper that I hung on the wall. That was during a board game party I hosted for my daughters years ago. I put the kids in two teams, and the kids took turns adding their X's and O's to the grids on the butcher paper. It's a lot of fun. If my explanation of Ultimate Tic-Tac-Toe didn't quite make sense, 
please give it a shot and check out the show notes for a link to the blog post where I learned about the game. Uh, the blog post is by math educator Ben Orlin, who illustrates the gameplay quite nicely with pictures. So again, if my verbal explanation didn't quite gel, check out the blog post. Math with pictures is kind of this guy's thing. He is the author of two books. One is called Math with Bad Drawings, and the other is called Change is the Only Constant. It's a book about calculus. And both books teach math through cartoons and visuals. That's it for this episode of the First Player Token Podcast. I hope you enjoyed learning about some alternatives to yet another game of tic-tac-toe with your kid. If you did, would you take a moment to share this podcast with a friend? I would really appreciate it. I've been your host, Derek Breff. Thanks for listening. Now it's time to play some games. <laughs>